Hi, I'm John Petty, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Growing Up in Flip-Flops. Before I start this week's episode, I do want to give a little disclaimer up front. There is some mild swearing in this episode, so uh, if you have any kiddos out there, just be forewarned. This episode is titled Moving the Fence. Several years back, I worked in an office with a group of Midwesterners. There was one other Southerner in the office besides myself, and during a quiet time in the office, one of the Midwesterners asked the other fellow, other Southerner, what was the definition of a Southern belle? And he immediately answered, well, she's pulled a gun on someone. The Midwesterners were found this unbelievable, and turned to me and said, do you know anybody that's pulled a gun on anyone? And I answered honestly, yeah, I do, my mom. Well, to be more accurate, I've seen my mother level a loaded double barrel shotgun at point blank range at someone. That Sunday morning was as usual as any with no hint of what was to come. I awoke, had breakfast, dressed for church, and my mother drove my sister and I to church. Mother was in her usual Sunday dress, white gloves, pearl necklace, along with matching purse and shoes. My sister and I attended Sunday school and then met our mother to attend the service. Certainly the images I had of that morning's service wouldn't match the scene that would soon occur when sheep were separated from the goats and I never thought the act of separating them would be so loud. Following the service, we headed home, as was our routine, for lunch. As we drove up to the front of our house, I sensed something was not just as I had left the house just hours earlier. Like the old weekly reader, which one doesn't belong puzzles, something was out of place, and I just didn't know what it was. But Mother did. After parking the car in front of our house, She was out of the car like it was on fire and headed straight to the fence that divided our yard and Mother's flower garden from our neighbor's yard. She started yelling the moment the car door was closed and she hadn't stopped. Parker! Parker! Get out here now! Her shouts were directed at our neighbor, Mr. Parker. I turned to my sister and told her to get out of the car. She slid out and I took her hand and led her toward our mother 20 yards away. Mother hadn't stopped yelling. Parker, Parker, get out here! As I approached my mother, I was suddenly aware of what was wrong with the picture of the house. It was sort of like a magic eye picture in reverse. I had first expected what I had seen all my life up to that point, and now the disorder of the picture was plain to me. The fence that had been the property divider with Mother's flower garden in front of it now had the garden behind it. The fence had been moved. Even at my young age, I was amazed at the work that must have gone in while we were at church that morning. About 30 feet of a wooden picket fence had been lifted out, new post holes dug, and the fence moved to its new location in the span of a few hours. Mother was still yelling. Parker finally appeared at his front door. That's where the fence belongs, was his only reply to Mother's yelling. Her reply to this statement implied, as I had learned in Methodist Sunday School, 
that Parker was to be found wanting in the book of life and would be banished to eternal torment. His response was the same as before, but Mother's reply was very direct. Move the damn fence back. That's where the property line is. No. Parker, will get a surveyor out here tomorrow and find out exactly where it is, but move the damn fence back now. Parker's response indicated a similar view of Mother's eternal prospects as she had of his. But now, Parker had come off the porch and was standing opposite Mother with the fence and garden between them. It was fascinating for me to see two adults yelling at each other. My view of adult interaction had always been calm and quiet. Adults were boring. Whenever adults came to our house, or even worse, when I was informed we were going to visit them, this had all the appeal of a doctor's office visit and no lollipop at the end. Here were two grown-ups putting on the show of my life. Just as I had settled in and gotten comfortable watching the matinee, Mother's voice was now directed at me. Come on, kids. With that, she took my sister in my hand, and straight into the house we went. Her purse, which had remained on her arm throughout all the yelling, was now placed on a table near the inside of the front door. Her white gloves came off, and instead of being folded and placed inside a drawer, they were thrown on top of her purse. My sister and I stood and watched as Mother very quickly walked to a closet off the living room. She opened the door, stepped into the large closet, and reached up on a shelf and grabbed from a box. She took something from the box, which she directly put into one of the patch pockets of her print dress. The only sound I heard was similar to that made when I had played with ball bearings and clinked them together. She then reached up onto the shelf again and brought down a dark brown, odd-shaped leather case. She unbuckled a couple straps and pulled on one end of the case. A shiny, dark piece of wood about as long as her forearm was slid from the case and placed on the dining room table. She then reached in the case again and this time pulled out a second but smaller piece of wood. It was placed on the table beside its cousin. A third time she reached into the case, but this time it wasn't wood she brought out. Instead, it was two long metal tubes that were connected. She held the long metal tubes in her left hand and spun them round first switching ends and then getting it right side up. The large piece of wood was taken from the table and fitted with the tubes and they clicked together. The smaller piece of wood snapped onto the underside of the tubes. She then draped what I now realized was a double barrel shotgun over her left arm with the chambers opened and exposed. Again, there was the command, come on kids. Since her hands were clasped in front of her body with her elbows tight to her side, holding the shotgun in place, my sister and I grabbed onto her dress. We were stepping very quickly to stay up with her steps as she swept through the front door and down the steps and back outside to the newly located fence. Parker, Parker, get your ass out here! I looked up at her while tightening my grip on her dress. She didn't notice me. The direct call to Parker was repeated. Parker appeared at his porch and, to my mind, was more aggravated than before. He purposely strode to the fence as if someone coming to discipline a child who had intentionally disobeyed. I told you this is where the fence belongs. 
Damn it, Parker, move the fence and we'll settle it with a surveyor tomorrow. I'm not moving it. Damn it, Parker, move the fence now. I'm warning you. Parker glared back in silence as he folded his arms to indicate he had given his final answer to her demand. Damn it, Parker, I warned you. With that, she reached into her dress pocket where I thought she was carrying ball bearings. They weren't ball bearings. She quickly rolled two shells in her right hand and pressed each one into a chamber with her thumb. As soon as this was complete, she brought her left hand under the barrel and slid her right hand onto the wooden stock. With a snap, the shotgun closed in a straight line with it pointed at Parker six feet away. I warned you, Parker, move the fence now. Her tone had completely changed. She was speaking calmly and clearly. It reminded me of the manner in which a teacher might remind a student for the third time that day that eight times seven isn't 54, it's 56. Parker's demeanor went from smug finality to the epitome of compliance and deference with the speed at which I still marvel. Okay, okay, I'll move it. Now. Okay, okay. I'll call the surveyor and have them out here in the morning, and whoever is wrong pays for it. Right, Parker? Yeah, okay, whatever you say. With that, the shotgun's barrel was lowered to the ground. For the third time that day, I heard, Come on, kids. Let's go inside and I'll fix your sandwiches. And that's how one of the most memorable days I've ever witnessed in my life ended, simply with sandwiches. As a postscript, I will tell you, I learned a few things that day. First off, the fence had been in the right place to begin with. Parker paid for the surveyor and moved the fence back. Secondly, you didn't mess with my mother. She was a very serious woman. And lastly, if you have a problem with someone, even someone in a print dress with matching purse and shoes and a pearl necklace and white gloves, go talk to them first. You have no idea if you do something without talking to them what their reaction might be. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.